0: Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose.
1: Welcome to Pastoring on Purpose. Uh, my name is Dr. Tim Manis and it's a joy to have you join us with episode number nine today. And today we have a very special episode. Uh, we've got Dr. Uh, Bob Proctor uh, joining us from California uh, via Zoom. And uh, Dr. Proctor, let me just say first and foremost, thanks for being with us today.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Manis It's a privilege to be here with you all and to be able to uh, discuss some of the issues that we face in ministerial care.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to it, and uh, we're going to be talking about the work that you do out there in the California, Nevada area, and really having resources for our ministers. The more resources we can have, the better. To my left is Raymond Culpepper II, our Restoration Director here at Ministerial Care. Raymond, be sure to say hello to everybody for us.
2: Yeah, hello, and I just want to say it's a privilege to have someone else on who does counseling in the ministry. Um, it's not always an easy thing to do or an easy thing Secure resources to do, and uh, very interested every time we are able to speak to somebody in a, in a similar area of work.
1: Absolutely. Dr.
3: Jeff Sargent from Lee University. Hello, and it's good to be back in uh, in front of the mic here in the studio um, at the uh, Center for Ministerial Care in Cleveland, Tennessee. And I'm excited uh, about the, the discussion we're going to have today and looking forward to hearing from our Brother on the left coast. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Before we get into our, our interview, let me just kind of uh, introduce our, our guest today. He is, of course, the Church of God Director of Ministerial Care there out there in California and Nevada. I've been there since 2015. He's also got pastoral experience. Um, All of us, I think, are graduates of Lee University and uh, have a background there. Our guest does have a doctorate degree as well. And so a lot of experience. um, You've seen a lot of of things out there, Dr. Proctor. and, And let me just say again, it's just such an honor to have your experience, your counseling experience, and really what you bring to the table is so very valuable.
0: Pastoring on Purpose is a production of the Center for Ministerial Care, a ministry of the Church of God
1: for those who are listening out there that may not know exactly what you all do out there in California, Nevada, um, maybe they don't even know of the resources that might be out there for our ministers kind of share uh, with the audience for us about your all's ministry uh, out there uh, for ministerial care.
0: The uh, office of ministerial care has been around for a few years here. um, And what we've done is attempted to, uh, make ourselves available to pastors and ministers. And we do have issues where we have individuals that we have dealt with in confidentiality. And our our ministry is designed to let pastors know that they're not alone. And oftentimes we find ourselves in an age of intense desperation with the pressure. COVID did a number on all this nation and basically the world. And we saw this happen with the stress levels go up with congregations that were not meeting in place because they were prohibited by law and because of health issues. And a lot of stress was developed in the ministry. Mm. And among that was also the stress of the parishioners are not able to meet in place because of strict restrictions that were placed upon us in this state, California, and not so much in Nevada. But the issue was how do you deal with pastors who see a drop in attendance, a drop in financial means, while others are and other groups are still meeting in defiance, and so there is that tension that developed that's unique to what I believe was the COVID experience, the pandemic, and so we've had to help pastors when we call when called upon to help them negotiate through these issues, and I think the step is the, the uh, stress level is maybe coming to a place where it starts to plateau. But there has been emotional uh, distress upon them, plus the pressure of of the ministry and the burden of carrying the responsibilities of the church and congregation.
1: How have you all been able to meet that demand out there where you all are at as far as our ministers go? Uh, I know, I think you said you had a staff uh, there as well, but kind of share with us uh, about what that process looks like.
0: The process that we we deal with is... uh, how to deal with crises? Now, there's, you know, naturally therapeutic counseling, which we want to, and uh, help. But there are also interventions that need to take place. And uh, from my background, uh, I've been a chaplain over a quarter of a century with the fire department. Still have my badge. I was sheriff department chaplain as well. For Ten years I served as a hospital chaplain dealing with crises intervention with people who came in with emergency rooms and situations like this. The crisis response that happened with COVID was all of a sudden we were in a normal capacity of the routine of ministry when we were thrown completely off balance by the crises of COVID that demanded that all of a sudden we don't meet in place and we had to go to alternative means. And there were those who were able to manage the change, but there were others who were basically startled by the change and we've seen a drop and it's not just our denomination but post-covid attendances have been down across the nation of those who are trying to come back into uh, normalcy and it's not a normalcy it's a new normal yeah and so pastors are having to negotiate through this for a number of years being a first responder but also uh, lecturing the Kern county health department as a guest lecture on repeat occasions to help people to negotiate through crises is the process is that people call and say, I'm under pressure The people want to meet in place. What can I do? And the, and the caveat of that is simply that the stress of this new normal, which is actually nothing but abnormality in a different direction, as far as I'm concerned, is to help them weather the storm, and to be able to tell them, where, you know, I can't give you uh, permission to open place because it's not my place to give that permission, but to try to help the pastor explain to the congregation how we can get through this together. Mm. And so we, you know, we, there's a residual effect on that that we still are dealing with today, trying to rebuild after we had to go through all of this uh, crisis. And that's international. We know that. I love
1: that. I love that, that, you know, you all are there to kind of be able to, like you said, how we can get through this together to kind of help you through this. And it is a new normal, and it's very abnormal, the new normal. Who
2: exactly is it that you are providing this service for and this ministry for? Is it ministers and their children? Um, I mean, we have a thing here at Ministerial Care where we work with with our pastors and their immediate family, uh, but we can't just work with anybody that wants to come in for a counseling center. Uh, do you guys have those kind of parameters? And then, secondly, I was interested just to kind of have an idea about how is it that you are able to sustain it. Uh, do you your staff there have dual roles, or Are they employed somewhere else and they chip in on the side, or is this more of a full time venture that you guys do out there in California?
0: What we do is and actually we have others who are you know have dual. Uh, purposes people that are you know counselors they have their own clientele but what they make provision for is free counseling Rebecca Williams she says I'll take care of any Christian family church family uh, pastoral family is what we emphasize on and says we will you know there's no fee to any of these uh, experiences when you go in for therapy session it's free and uh, when you go in and meet with the uh, uh, somebody that's going through grief and, and and sorrow, then our grief counselor, who's, you know, my daughter's experiencing that, having lived through it, but also having her master's in social work. And then uh, Dr. Mark Taylor, you know, graduate of the, of the seminary with his doctorate, uh, is an excellent counselor, and he works for a counseling agency, and he is very good at what he does. And then we have um, Dr. Clifton Clark, who's, he and Dr. Marcia Clark are outstanding scholars and pastors and know how to deal with people in their crises and their moments. And our goal is to, to do this. And I just want to say that uh, we're very privileged to have Dr. Sean O'Neill as our uh, state superintendent for California, Nevada. And Dr. O'Neill is very much ministry minded and pastoral minded. And so we have a good, I believe, operating team. There is a camaraderie there. There is the ability to to interact with whoever the need is.
3: Dr. Proctor, uh, I, I appreciate you describing how the structure of this wonderful ministry uh, is in place in California and Nevada, and, and, and I think we need this in each region. I'm not sure that each region or each state has this type of program or this extensive program in place, so I applaud you for that. So looking to the future, what, what do you see for this particular ministry? What, what would be the next steps or what is needed next? What are you seeing on the horizon uh, for this type of ministerial care? Education, you know, with um, our background of
0: how, you know, we, we believe in the miraculous. We, we, we know the supernatural, but we also understand that uh, the psalmist says, in, you know, multitude counselors their safety. Well, we try to use it as caregiving, mm-hmm. our ministry care, because sometimes there is maybe a resistance. Like, am I mentally impaired? Is there something wrong? You know, it's it's a sense that whenever I uh, deal with somebody and they're in distress or going through problems, my first response to them is, "Well, welcome to the human race." We're glad you decided to join us. And by doing that, uh, we try to build bridges of identity because, um, you know, uh, Christianity, the old saying goes, is that one beggar telling another beggar we found bread. And I think that's one of the things. If, if Approaching them not from a position saying, I think I got it all together because I don't know. I know I can tell you right now that uh, there are times whenever I have to, you know, talk to somebody that, you know, kind of help me center myself again, because all of us have a tendency to have strengths and weaknesses. That's our human personality. And so our goal is when they come in is to feel wanted, to feel safe. But uh, the whole idea is that we want ministerial health to be primary, because if the under shepherd is going through a crisis, he needs somebody to walk with him through it. And that's our goal. We want to be there to help walk through it with them.
1: Pastors are human beings. It is not a sin to be a human being. And asking for help should be a sign of strength, not weakness. And so go ahead, Jeff. I
3: like his vision. Um, It seems like our pastors and the church in general is becoming more accepting of um, mental health um, or the mental health awareness and, and mental well-being has become more of an open topic of discussion, it seems like. However, most of our services, I think, right now we accept the the, the mental health services that are um, an intervention when there's a crisis. Mm-hmm. We're accepting of that in the church and as ministers. But this proactive approach that that, that uh, Dr. Proctor is is envisioning, I think, is is could be really really powerful and impactful in our church if we start looking at our programs and how can we educate before there's a crisis, right. and how can we educate people on the value our ministers, especially. On the on the value of mental health uh, wellness or mental wellness,
2: proactive is a great word for it because it even was a part of the answers that he had for me and my questions. Because a lot of what he's done here is network and and do the legwork here to provide care for these ministers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a great man once said, "You know, people generally have the time to do the things they really want to do," um, and I think that that's what they've done in California they really wanted to provide care for ministers and their families and they find ways of making that happen and making it accessible
1: and you were touching up on this and I think Dr. Proctor also as well you don't have to wait for a crisis before you go to counseling and we call it counseling have somebody that you talk to uh, even if it's not a professional counselor have someone that you can be not just pastor but a person someone that has struggles Someone that's not perfect, we are not Superman or Superwoman, even though we like to think we are sometimes. One of the things that we see here in our office is burnout. Uh, It seems like it's really high right now with a lot of our ministers, and a lot of their burnout is coming from more of an internal focus in that they're doing great work. Um, they're, They're doing awesome work. God is moving, but they don't see it. They don't recognize it. They never feel like they're doing enough. Is that something that you guys see quite often there in California, Nevada?
0: The the challenge is is that when somebody is going through a test of trial because pastor receives the complaints, he receives the issues of crises and in, in, in the in the parish ministry. And you know, parish care is the work of the under-shepherd to care for the flock. But who's going to care for the under-shepherd? And and we find ourselves at times with a little bit of tension because there is that sense uh, psychologically, but also the spiritual concept of warfare is to try to demean the pastor because at times when it looks like they're not having success or they're not making progress but others around them. And it's easy for us to look at others and think they're making it and I'm not what's wrong with me. That is one of the great negatives that uh, the enemy uses uh, and I believe it is, a, I know in my own self that it's a spiritual attack as well as an emotional psychological attack is that I am doing what I know to do, but I'm not sure if I'm doing what I need to know about it. Mm. And it's that sense of, of seeing that we have to focus in upon our lives. And if I focus upon our position with Christ and how that we learned how to be content, not with the circumstance, but to be content in our relationship with Jesus Christ and our fellowship. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it's a very telling story of Paul. You know, when we think about Paul, we think about Paul, the, 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 the zealot who was converted on the Damascus road. We think about uh, Paul, who was dynamic and said, none of these things moved me. We see the life of Paul. We tend to see this man driven by the presence of the Holy Spirit. But we also see the humanity of Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 1, where he talks about how that in the midst of his great struggle, depression, that he said, I despaired of life itself. And there is that sense that we can find that when issues come into our life that overwhelm us, we have to go to. And seek help. And he talks about how that um, another brother came to him when he needed help. And he said that that was a blessing from God. And I think that's one of the things we need is to avoid the isolation because we may be comparing ourselves to somebody else when we really just need to compare ourselves to God. Because in the end, God says this, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. You've been faithful a few things. I'll make you rule over many. The community.
1: God has called us to be a part of.
0: The fact is, you know, community is the fact that if we can convey to our pastors that we have community, but another word for community is commonality mm. and that we all are human, that we are all children, of the most high God. And uh, we have that commonality. And that is that
3: we are brothers and sisters in the faith. Dr. Brocker, your, 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 your vision for, uh, psychoeducation, I think, is 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 spot on. I really in what I'm seeing in, in our congregations and uh, what we need, and I hope that you will run with that vision uh, and and be a. Um, I think it could be a uh, another model for the rest of, of the of of the the states if you'll do this because this proactive approach. I think, and sometimes can get in conflict with our theology, or at least we think it does. You shouldn't be thinking about those things, all right, or you should wait for the miraculous, as you'd mentioned earlier. Uh, but God has equipped us uh, with skills, with knowledge, and with people to support us, and I think there's nothing wrong. In fact, I, I think it is, it is is a good vision to start looking at psychoeducation of our congregation and, and, and of our ministers so that we can uh, become mentally more aware and, uh, mentally well. So I applaud you for that. And I think, you know,
1: the miraculous can happen in the counseling office as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be separate. We have this idea, it does not. you know, God, uh, we always welcome the Holy spirit in the counseling office. Dr. Proctor, is there anything you want to add or say before we, uh, go to break here?
0: Well, I appreciate the time that you've given to me and, uh, we want to uh, partner, you know, and to, um, accomplish some things for the kingdom of God and to help pastors, the common denominator is we are human. And if it wasn't for the presence of the Holy spirit, we could not accomplish anything. But abiding in Christ means to talk to the total holistic healing of the person physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And my, my view of it is we, we bind them together to make the human experience unique To that human. Wow. There are no two of us alike, but each one is uniquely created by God and is ministered to by the power of the Holy Spirit and in fellowship and camaraderie. Mm. That we are not isolated. We are not by ourselves. And that the enemy would like to speak to our minds to cause us to be misled but we have a fellowship of believers, and that is arms strengthens arm, And we bring ourselves together and we take and stand with each other. And that is where also we, uh, we find ourselves developing the character of Christ in the body. And when one is wounded, we all gather to hold him up. Yeah. When one is hurting, we want to bind the wounds. Yeah. And we want to be, it's an old Hebrew story of a rabbi asking another rabbi, where do you find the Messiah? And he says, you'll know where to find him. And how would I know him? He is in the midst of those who are hurting. He is in the midst of those who are suffering. He is in the midst of those who are in despair. And how will I know him? You will know him because he opens his wounds his bandages he unwraps and then wraps and the whole idea of the judaistic thought of that was this the messiah is among them and he is experiencing what they're experiencing Mm. now even more we find that experience in our christian journey with jesus and how marvelous it is that we find the community of faith because He has paid the price for our salvation.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Dr. Proctor, thank you so much. Uh, please tell your team out there, we said thank you, and for all that you do, we love and appreciate you. If you were in California, Nevada, and in that area, you're a pastor and you're seeking help, please give them a call. Uh, how can people get a hold of you all out there?
0: You can, you can contact through ministerial care. And uh, we um, have – they can call my number, 661-342-2120, and we will find where they are and we'll try to connect them with one of our team members closest to them as they can. And we're we're there to help them.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, once again, thank you for being with us, Dr. Proctor, and we're going to take a break. And uh, after this break, be sure to come back and join us as we finish up this episode.
0: You've been listening to Pastoring on Purpose, a podcast of the Center for Ministerial Care. We talk with pastors, church staff, and mental health professionals about what it's really like to lead and serve a congregation. From pastoral burnout to boundaries, the pressing issues of leadership to the pertinent little details that help a body progress, we're here to help you be a healthier leader, pastor, and person.
1: Welcome back to Pastoring on Purpose, and... This is the section of the show where we talk about our action steps, and uh, I think I call it something different every time. It's either Raymond's Recap or Raymond's Rewind or something like that. So Raymond, uh, share with us today some, some, some things that we can get from this um, episode today that we learned from Dr. Proctor today.
2: Uh, well, I mean, for me personally, I don't know what everybody gets out of these things, but for me personally, what I got out of that was that everybody has a calling and a purpose in the ministry, that when you are saved and uh, join into the body of Christ, you're not there to just latch on. You're there to do something, to minister to people, to be a minister, uh, and to join in that effort. Uh, and I think what he has done here is he finds those people in this area of providing care, and he's plugging them in to help the people in those regions. Uh, get care. Absolutely. I think it's very important. His philosophy of everybody is is a part of this. Yeah. Uh, you're a minister. You're a pastor. Somebody else can still minister for you. Yeah. Somebody else can be a ministry to you. Right. And I think that that's a great thing that that, uh, that he's
1: done out there. I love it. I love it. And so... Well, thank you for, for joining us, and we're going to get into our mailbag section now. And a question that we had come in, which is uh, I think is a phenomenal question for us to ask, is how do you know if you're dealing with burnout? It seems like a lot of times the person that's dealing with burnout is the last person to know they're going through burnout. And I've heard this many times in counseling that other people have shared with them they need to get counseling, that they they're been depressed or they're burned out. Uh, Jeff, kind of uh, answered this question. How, what are some signs uh, that people can look for if
3: they're feeling burned out, perhaps? Well, first, uh, burnout is um, more likely to be experienced by people who are in, who are serving others, specifically in ministry, yeah. and we're also more likely to deny it or to not even be aware of it Three, three, three symptoms. Uh, a burnout that you, might, that you might if you weren't identified in yourself or, or someone else, uh, a feeling overwhelming feeling of helplessness mm-hmm. um, in one's activities at work and associated with work, um, a lack of interest, maybe in things that you used to be interested in, used to be passionate about. No longer can you find that passion for those those tasks or those. Uh, those activities, those goals, uh, those projects you just don't they don't seem to be as passionate anymore, that lack of interest, and finally, depersonalization. this is the feeling like you're disconnected from your work or from yourself, yeah it almost can feel like when you're in the middle of uh, burnout that you're watching yourself work during the day as a third person, and mm-hmm. it's a very unpleasant and uncomfortable place to be, almost a numb feeling yeah, so you feel kind of like like you said, disconnected from yes. depersonalization is yeah. what it's called. It's a do de- you feel disconnected from yourself. Yeah. 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 Not fun. No, no. And you should seek help. You should seek help, uh, of, of those, uh, around you, those who care about you. Uh, more importantly, you may want to look at professional help. Uh, and that's where, uh, you guys here at the uh, center for ministerial care can be very helpful to our ministers and their families. Uh, this is not something – I think sometimes burnout in our culture we tend to almost look at it as a badge, mm-hmm. and that's very unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, so if you're experiencing these symptoms, at least in this combination, you should uh, seek some advice and some help. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jeff.
1: I mean, and that's true. If you're out there and you are seeking – I mean, if you're feeling burned out, please don't be afraid to call. Reach out for help. We all need help. I have a counselor I go to. Um, just, uh, just to be able to have somebody to talk to. So uh, don't hesitate to do that. And we just really appreciate you for listening today in episode nine here of Pastoring on Purpose for my colleague to my left, Raymond Culpepper II, my colleague on my right, Jeff Sargent. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Pastoring on Purpose.
0: Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Join us next time as we continue our purposeful progress to becoming better pastors and people.